Welcome back to the Adventure Geeks podcast, where we bring the imagination of our fiction into reality through nature. Eric here. Hi, everyone. Ian here. How are we doing? And tonight we are discussing one of our... Is this our first comic-based episode? I think purely comic-based episode, yeah. yeah. So this is purely going to be comic-based. We're talking about the house in Powers of X. X, which is the new X-Men reboot. By I'll go into details later. Yeah, written by uh, Jonathan Hickman, artist Pepe Lores, R.B. Siwa, and uh, Marty Garcia. Which Garcia? I'm sorry, I'm very. Hold on. Let me let me go back and double check. I I keep telling everyone I I put your names terribly. Pepe Lores, R.B. Silva, and Marty Garcia. Silva. Oh, damn! I can't read my own handwriting. (laughs) Oh, that's bad. But first, of course, like always, our comic of the our week. Our comic of the week. You want to go first? Yeah, sure. All right, so I picked um, a DC comic. Go figure. Yeah, shocking. Shocking. All right, we got uh, King Shazam, year issue one, which I believe is a one shot. Or yeah, but, I think it is for for, for, for Shazam. The, it's follows the saga of you're the villain, the infected with the Batman who laughs, which was from Dark Knight's Metal. Um. Basically, it's just uh, evil Billy Batson. Like the first panel, it's a bratty teenage Billy yelling at his step parent, his uh, foster parents, and uh, yelling at Mar- yelling at Mary, and becoming evil Shazam. Which he it, it's like regular Shazam, just he's got like darker darker skin, and he's got like claw like finger fingernails he's just like all the other characters who laugh <laughs> pretty, pretty much yeah pretty pretty much uh basically it's most of the issue was just him going around beating up all the gods that grant him his powers like atlas um her huh. sorry not, not not the gods that give him his powers but like just different, different gods like atlas Ares, pretty much all the greek gods like oh man if i'm so tough i can i can beat you up atlas is a titan sir it's a Titan. <laughs> wow. I'm guessing Learn I'm your s- Greek mythology. I hadn't t- taken Greek mythology in a while. All I know is that uh, Spartans, they did not wear loincloths when they fought the Persians and Thermopylae. So sorry for all you uh, Theonja fans out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it follows, it follows that. Mary Marvel tries to stop him, tries to reason with him. And basically it ends up with her getting stabbed. And I believe the last panel, it shows her starting to be infected by the, whatever the hell the virus the Batman Who Laughs has. Yeah. So you can see right here. It's always in the eyes, too. Yep. In the smile, of course. The smile, yep. Which we know, Eric, you just love this whole genre yeah, comic. It's, it's just so oversaturated, just like the symbiotes were last year with um, Marvel. Everything is symbiote related now, and and with yeah. DC now it's everything who laughs. And I, it was cool with the Batman who laughs. That story was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But then you get all of these other characters now. That's just overinflated. I would have loved to have had like a mini series on the other Dark Knights from Dark Knights Metal. Yeah, like the drowned, the drowned, and uh, Red Death. I would have loved to have seen like what their stories were. But no, we had to have the Batman who laughs, and then... This is the Joker. Then the Grim Knight, and then... And now the Shazam who laughs, and now there not there a Supergirl who laughs that's coming out now, too? A I'm pretty Supergirl sure. Supergirl who laughs, a Blue Beetle who laughs. Yeah, it's... It's too much. And I think there's actually a lot of backlash with it, too. And yet, they'll still, they'll still, they'll still write the, the genre. Yeah, they'll still make it. I don't know. I, I'll probably read it from start to finish, but... Uh, yeah, maybe I'll just... I, I'll just um, trick myself into believing it's going to be a kick-ass comic line. I mean, you never know. It, yeah. could, it could end out pretty cool. We should we should write our own comic. We should write our own comic. Yeah, I just I, I can't draw for shit, and you can't uh, either. Yeah, I can write, but I can't I can't draw. I was trying to get Ray, because apparently Ray can draw decent. Oh. Because I was like, huh, I would always love to take the book I'm writing and put it into a, a mm-hmm. comic medium. I just can't draw for shit. I took 
well, this is going off topic, but I ended up making the cover for my book uh, the other day. Oh, shit. And it's, I photoshopped it and everything. It kind of looks like shit. <laughs> it, it's passable for the platform I'm putting it on, but it's it, it kind of is amateur looking. <laughs> Frack. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. We're, we're all amateurs here. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, oh, sorry, I, that took over. What, uh... No, no. I, that's why you, I wanted you to take over talk about Shazam <laughs> Laughs. Um, so what we got for uh, your comic, Eric? So I, I was close to doing Fallen Angels, which is part of the Dawn of X whole spiel, but it has potential spoilers for what we're talking about tonight. So I decided to go with a close second, Family Tree by Jeff Lemire, Ooh. Phil Hester, Eric nice. Gapster, and Ryan Cody. So what's this about? Sorry, what's this about? This is actually supposed to potentially turn into a TV show or a movie, but because everything Jeff Lemire li- related mm-hmm. ends up becoming it, but it follows this family in, I'm going to assume Lowell, Mass, because that's the only Lowell I know, um, and their struggles with some sort of hereditary problem, because, so let me back up. Okay. It's kind of like, so there's a mom and a dad, and then the son ends up getting in trouble with in school because he ends up getting caught with drugs. So then there's that whole disciplinary issue. Oh. And then the daughter, whose name is Meg. Hold on. The Meg. The Meg. Meg Griffin. They end up having a like dinner at the table. And she looks at her arm, and lo and behold, some of the flesh on her arm turns into bark. As in bark on a tree. And she actually ends up having some sort of twig pop out of her back. So they're they're hinting at some sort of hereditary disease, because apparently she's not the only one in her family in the past who's had it. Oh, shit. Now they're freaking out, and there's this stranger who they don't know mm-hmm. who is um, going after them because of the daughter and the disease. And wow. then all of a sudden, at the end, I believe it's her grandfather comes in and saves them. So they kind of treat they kind of it seems like the town that they're in seems to know about this disease, and whenever they see somebody with it. They automatically go automatically go after them. So nobody knows huh. in the That's first issue, weird. nobody knows where this disease comes from and who exactly has it, just the girl. And then it's hinted that the grandfather has it or or grandfather knows about it, which is why they he came to the rescue. Hmm. This kinda sounds like that uh Doctor Seuss story, uh, Daisy Head Maisie. I, I thought you were gonna say Lorax, but <laughs> Lorax. Well, well, that too. It was, it was like this girl who uh, grew a, a daisy on the top of her head, and she was ostracized. Oh, okay. Yeah, just mm. just seems like this on steroids, and it takes like a sharp, dark, dark turn to the underworld. I mean, it maybe uh, it may turn into maybe it w- this one was influenced by it, but I mean, have a it's 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 a pretty good story. It's it's got a lot of the same artwork as a lot of other image comics like because image seems to recently been killing it on horror because they do gideon falls they do um they did witches when snyder was doing that nice do you prefer image over other other comic lines like marvel dc see i really i can't it's hard for me to decide that because image is gold because their stories are standalone so the artists and creators don't have to rely on connecting their issues to okay. other other comics so every single one of their graphic like novel storylines are completely separate so you can read them through and through and not have to read anything else okay um and it seems like they have more creative freedom as far as how graphic it goes nice because there's some pretty messed up stuff in this and then um what was the other one I was, witches was another one and my favorite by them is um, Seven to Eternity by uh, Rick Remender and uh, Jerome Opeña. Um, it, it just seems like they have more freedom to do what they want. I think that's the idea behind Image. So as far as as far as like individuality, I like them a lot more. So I'm assuming Disney will not buy Image Comics and turn into a 
No. Okay. Though I don't think Disney will really alter Marvel comics a whole lot. Okay. Um, but time will tell. Time after time. Though I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll rank them though. I like Image and DC almost the same because DC is starting to do different stuff with their line because they have the Black Label, which yep. is more mature stuff. They have their mainstream stuff that's being affected by an event that happened and then you have now joe hills mm-hmm. hill house comics so they're giving their writers more and more freedom now too so they're they're almost on the same pedestal as fan uh image for me nice and then i think marvel is third for me because there's only a couple lines that i really like by marvel right now and that's about it the x-men being one and then um and then thor the thor line is really good other than that, I don't really pay attention to Marvel a whole lot. Perhaps I need to give you some more time at comics with uh, Vampirella and Red uh, Sonja. I was surprised that wasn't your go-to today. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, uh, I figured I'd do it in a, in a collection so I can show all the uh, all of its... Uh, uh, just a pan, uh, like a pano of all of your your sexual Vampirella comics? I have no idea what you're talking about, man. <laughs> I, I, I read these for the stories and the artwork. Bull fucking <laughs> shit. I'm calling you out on that right now. But yeah, uh, Family Tree, I liked it. Um, I'm kind of curious to see where it will go. The artwork kind of reminds me a little bit of what Robert Kirkman does with Walking Dead. I like it's, that. The artwork is similar and the car- the coloring is similar. Is there a Carl in there? There is no Carl in there. Carl! And there's no Rick either, so. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Too bad. There's, yeah. there's no um, there's no hillb- kick-ass hillbilly with a crossbow? No, there's a hillbilly with a shotgun instead. So. Okay. All right, we'll wait <laughs> the hillbilly with a shotgun. Huh. I think more to Image. Yeah, I, I really like Image. I think I'd like in the episode I'm doing next week on Saga is mm-hmm. Image too. Um, I have to get through that, though. I have, It's 50 issues, and I think I'm on, like, 10. <laughs> oh, you got oh, you, you can do it, no problem, man. Um, that's that'll be this weekend. Uh, so our main topic today: see, House and Powers of X or House House and Powers of Ten. I I do it by X by the X Men because that's what it is. But some people call it of Ten. Uh, I'm gonna call it Super Mega X Men crossover issue. There you go. So this is kind of like Hickman doing what he does best. Mm-hmm. House and Powers basically creates an entirely new landscape for the X-Men universe. It's supposed to rebirth X-Men to bring them into yes, the... Yes, it's a uh, relaunch. A relaunch. Okay. I'm assuming they're going to be using some of what is in these comics into the MCU when they bring them in, but we'll have to wait until they confirm or deny that. And any word on that? No. I think we're still too far out for that. Damn. But, um... They are, so House and Powers of X are two six-issue series mm-hmm. created by writer Jonathan Hickman and artists Pepe Larraz, R.B. Silva, and Marty Garcia, like we said before. Yep. And they were used to relaunch the X-Men universe into what the contributors are calling the Dawn of X. So the Dawn of X now is all those those side, okay. side storylines. Dawn of X, damn. So before we go into like, did we want to go into... No, we, we don't have to go issue by issue. I, I figured we can just um, give the the viewers a general plot sense of what's going on. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, because we got, like, past... It's a very complicated yeah. story. Honestly, like, I I had trouble figuring out what, what, what's going on. What is going on for what? But it's a very... I think it's a very good story. One of the best... I think it's one of the best events in the past, like, five to ten years. That's saying a lot, dude. And I'm I'm almost brand new to X-Men. I haven't read it. I read... What was it? Not Age of Ap- Onslaught. The yeah. Onslaught event from a while ago. Almost had no idea what was going on the entire time. Because my, okay. I- my issue with X-Men has always been there's too many characters to keep track of. <clears throat> Marvel. Too many characters. Yeah, way too many characters. But... but Outside the X-Men, it's kind of easy to follow each hero because they have their own comic line to follow, so you can learn about them. X-Men... X-Men so, sorry, did you follow the movies or the cartoons? Uh, yeah, I watched all the X-Men films, but again, that's like the basic like X-Men. You got like Wolverine, Jean mm-hmm. Grey, 
uh, Rogue, Iceman, all the main ones that you know. When you get into the actual comics, there's more like smaller part mutants that come in the forefront, and I'm like, I have no idea who the fuck this is. Like when you mentioned uh, Cipher, I'm thinking Cipher, one of the bad guys from the first Magic's movie. Yeah, like the traitor. <laughs> so, but going into this, not knowing a whole lot about the X Men, I actually understood it pretty pretty good as far as characters go, because I don't remember. I don't think in the um, the House and Powers of X they mm-hmm. do this, but in the side, this the the lines that come after this. They put in the front of each issue which mutants are going to be the forefront, so you know who to pay attention mm-hmm. to. But even in this event, I found that it wasn't too difficult to to pay attention to, other than when you, we get into the different storylines. But the, the the future, I got really confused with. Yeah, but which we can talk about. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. So we'll basically discuss the basic plot of both and then we'll go into our little debate we have going on so house of x is pretty much about a professor xavier we all a different xavier though this guy can walk well yeah so i did a little research on this because i again i'm so new to Mm x-men it's ridiculous he this is a professor xavier whose mind is in uh, a mutant named phantom x his body that's and new for me. He's wearing a cerebral helmet, yeah. so he can always contact whatever mutant he wants wherever he goes. And it follows him and Magneto, along with some other lovely mutants. We'll discuss later. So looks like a boatload of them. Yeah, trying to establish a mutant nation by having the world recognize their home, which is the island of Krakoa. Which isn't the island itself a mutant. Yes, so there's... It's, li- there's, it's a living island. Yeah, it, yeah. Basic, and what was really interesting about that aspect is it has its own language. So, I don't know I don't know how they're going to explain this in the future, but basically it's a language only mutants really should know. I, I think the way they did, they explained it in the comics was... Matt, uh, Xavier had the mutant Cypher, who can decipher... Right. Like, his, his, I think his mutant power was like deciphering dead languages and all that. He had them create a language for Krakoa, and then as every new mutant came into Krakoa, he would mentally imprint the language into everyone's subconsciousness. Perfectly put. Thank you. Um, That's why I'm here. Yep. So, and then um, a lot of different things about the island. There is these um, plants that grow on there that do different things. So they're... I'm sorry, not those kind of plants, people. Well, actually, in a way, it kind of is. Oh. So, yeah. they there's like six different things that they do with this because they, you got to remember, they take the plants mm-hmm. and make them into pills to make deals with countries to recognize them as nations. Yeah, it looks like a quid, quid, quid pro quo. Right, so as they're trying to establish their nation, they're, they're making trying to make deals with countries where they have these pills... Mm-hmm. That do a couple different things. So one of the pills that are made from the flowers that are grown only on the island. One of them extends human life by five years. One of them is a universal antibiotic. So it's a super drug for humans. Super penicillin. And then the third one cures diseases of the mind in humans. So there's no more mental illness. Then with the mutant benefits for this, if they don't change some of the flowers... Mm -hmm. One of the flowers is a gateway, so the flower grows yeah. a gateway, a pathway from where one is planted to its twin gateway on Krakoa. I mean, if, if in the first issue, weren't they going around, like, Westchester, New yeah. York, Jerusalem, planting flowers for mutants to follow? Yeah, so it's so basically a portal from the yep. island to anywhere else on the world that they plant the, the flower. Mm-hmm. And then there's one that is a habitat, which is a flower that produces a self-sustaining environmental biome, mm-hmm. which is interconnected with the consciousness of Krakoa. So they get, so like in Jerusalem when they have the habitat yeah. and the the skyscraper, it's connected to the consciousness of the island, hmm. and has its own environment in there so things can grow. Damn. And then the third one, which they don't really explain in the main event, mm-hmm. but more so in 
the subsequent the sequel issues is one called no place which is a flower that grows a habitat that exists outside of the consciousness of krakoa and i'm not going to say any more than that because i could spoil a major thing in in the the one of the other issues needless to say it's not the only islands we're gonna go from there it's everybody got that it's very uh confusing right now yes but it's a lot going on um so they use these drugs to mm-hmm. as one of the the major deals to to mutant nations it, it, so, so they can have their own nation it's leverage the like charles and eric right. bring a, a bunch of these dignitaries to uh Krakoa, show them what's going on and basically said so in return for you recognizing mutants as you know people and letting their own country their own country we will give you these drugs and uh, i think isn't that where magneto starts talking like i don't know about you i got a god complex coming out of uh, magneto that magneto and professor xavier they did kind of sound douchey super douchey yeah (laughs) because basically i think eric well you know they're not dignitaries they're like spies well i'm sure i can understand them a little bit because i would be if i were a mutant i'd get so tired of the human bullshit with how I was being treated, but... Hey, hey, hey. we're number one. Always trust the humans. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and then we get into Powers of X, which is a bit more complicated. <laughs> yes, which... you got to help me out with this, Eric, because I yeah. got very lost. It took the, me a while to future. fully understand this, but... This is going to be like a five-minute rant, so mm-hmm. if we pause in between, it's so we can reset. Mm-hmm. Um, so Powers of X deals with different mutant timelines. Mm-hmm. Year one, the year one timeline, which they, they label out within the Powers of X. Isn't that Moira? Well, I'll get into that. Okay, okay, I'm um, jumping ahead. It does go into House of X a bit, too, because they do overlap. And we'll give you guys the reading mm-hmm. order, if you guys already haven't read it. Um, the year one timeline, which is titled The Dream, focuses mm-hmm. on Xavier and a very important mutant, Moira mm-hmm. Kinrose, which... Is later identified as Mo- Moira McTaggart. McTaggart. Um, anyone who doesn't know her in the comics, she was played by Rose Byrne in the new X Men films. Days of Future Past. Not that. I'm sorry. Uh, First Class and Apocalypse. I forgot about that. I always thought she was a new mutant. Well, they don't, they don't give her mutant powers in the movies. She's okay. a regular CIA human. All right. Which. Charles gonna well, never mind. Continue. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Um, but it's that that year one timeline focuses on them bringing mutants together, mm-hmm. so that they can start on their nation and whatnot. Year ten, which is titled the World Timeline, takes place in a in present day and follows them establishing Krakoa. So it's kind of where the current comics are going, and and they're dealing with being a new nation and and and. If they become an actual nation or not, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say. <laughs> um, and then there's Year 100, which is titled The War. And this timeline focuses on a dark future where Earth is ruled by a man-machine called Nimrod the Lesser and his Sentinels. And in this future, the mutants on Earth are either from the current war mm-hmm. or are considered chimeras, which are... These mutants that are genetically engineered by Mr. Sinister Sinister. to have more than one ability so they can use multiple abilities at once. And then lastly, Year 1000, which is titled Ascension, follows a being known as the Librarian and the Archive of Nimrod the Greater. And it's about them discussing the final fate of humans and mutant kind and nimrod's hive mind experience because this this whole event deals with this idea of a entity that all has one mind well they're all kind of they're all merging together in that that issue right yeah it's and it follows it deals with the flank the phalanx right is that how you pronounce it I think it's pronounced Phalanx. Phalanx, there you go. Yeah. And it's basically this universal entity that absorbs these um, societies so they can go under the hive mind principle, so they're all thinking as one machine. Huh. The only hive mind I can think of is the one from Dead Space. And if we everyone's played Dead Space, that is not something you want to... It's funny. I think of Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> There's an episode where it deals with the same exact thing. 
But then, so that, so those are the different timelines. And then to make things even more complicated, and this is where we'll pause, mm -hmm. we, it follows Moira McTarget, McTaggart, whatever. McTaggart, yeah, if you suck at names. <laughs> yeah, I do. But <laughs> it introduces her ability of reincarnation, and she has multiple lives, and in each life she learns something new. But that, so about that reincarnation there, Eric. So can you explain what she has reincarnation? So what she finds out after her first life, obviously, mm -hmm. she dies and then wakes up in her mother's womb with the memory of her previous life Ooh. and is like, what the fuck is going on? So she basically, after she dies, gets reborn back to when where she started, but she has the... The intelligence of her previous life so she knows where she went wrong. Right. It's like her first life, she was a teacher, got married, had kids, and died. Yep. Died at the age of 74. Yep. When she was re... When she was... You came back, found out she didn't like her future husband because of his quirks, did not date him, or didn't, like, didn't stay with him. Mm -hmm. Found out about Charles Xavier, went to go see him in America, and a plane crashes. There you go. Perfectly said. The only thing I'll note that is that she was also in her second life a prodigy in biology and psychology and was able to get into Oxford. So she's a very intelligent mutant at this point. She's smart, smarter than us. Yep. Is she smarter than Charles, though, Xavier? I don't know. Hmm. So then after the plane crash, she gets born again. Yep. In her third life, she seeks Xavier and finds Xavier to be very arrogant. And her distaste of him causes her to devote her life to creating a cure, cure for the mutations and mutants. And she gets And then she ends killed. up being killed by Mystique, Pyro, and a mutant called Destiny, Destiny. which warns her that now that she, she knows what her mutant power is, mm -hmm. in that and she only has like 10 or 11 lives until destiny finds her and kills her before the age of 13 because hmm. if she dies before the age of 13 her resurrection ability doesn't kick in so she huh. won't be able to reincarnate so they they kill her like your 12 age 264 days yep it wouldn't it wouldn't work apparently i bet you it works the same way as puberty kind of does not to bring that to that level, but We've it seems yeah. it seems like that's kind of what they were alluring to. Man, I wish, I wish she had some kick-ass power when I, when I went through puberty. Yeah, right. <laughs> Flying Anywho. or something. Okay. Yeah. In her fourth life, she pursues Xavier again and becomes his lover, and then ends up being <laughs> killed. Ends up being killed by Sentinels in the Days of Future Past-like scenario. Yep. Fifth life, she meets Xavier even earlier in her life and convinces him to create an isolated haven for mutants, mm -hmm. which ended up being the mansion, I'm yep. assuming. And then she ends up being killed by the Sentinels again. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, seeing a theme here, dude. Yep. Um, in her sixth life, she survived the year... This, so this, this, timeline, this timeline or life was originally left out until the the later issues, mm -hmm. but I, obviously I want to go in a cr chronological mm -hmm. order. But in this timeline, Moira has survived to the year 1000 timeline with the Ascension mm -hmm. and ends up living because of blood transfusions to keep her alive longer. And she ends up in the Librarian's Preserve with Wolverine, so they have like a protected community under her oh. eye where she's storing these humans and mutants. Yeah. They're like prisoners, weren't they? Because they really couldn't do anything. Yeah, it was it was kind of like an atmosphere that they trapped the mutants in. And then it it turns out that um, to prevent the flint the flint phalanx phalanx. Thank you. Phalanx. It's just like the third time, dude. To prevent that from happening in the ascension, um, Wolverine has to kill Moira before the they can take over. So Wolverine ends up killing her so that she can go back and prevent the whole thing from happening. We do not know if that ends up coming true or not because the rest of the lives don't mention to that point yet. So I think there's one life where she falls madly in love with a uh, 29-year-old man from uh, northeastern Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I think it would be a great be a great seller. Oh uh, yeah, that'd be maybe that's life eleven <laughs> that may or may not happen. <laughs> so then in her seventh life, she becomes an assassin, mm-hmm. dedicating her life to exterminating the entire Trask family. And for those of you who don't know, they are responsible for the building of the Sentinels, Sentinels. which was very well portrayed in Days of Future Past, the movie. Peter Dinklage. With Peter Yeah, our beloved our Tyrion. beloved Tyrion as as the the antagonist for that, mm-hmm. and then she learns she learns like Thanos that Sentinels are inevitable, mm-hmm. <laughs> because even though the Trask family ends up being eliminated, somebody else takes its place mm-hmm. and, and creates them. Thanos was it, was it Thanos? No, unfortunately not. Perfectly balanced, Moira. As all things and that'd be, an, be that'd be an appropriate crossover. Mm-hmm. It really would. It would work. <laughs> and then in her eighth life, she ends up siding with Magneto, ends up being captured by the combined forces of the Avengers and the X-Men, and dies during a prison escape. <laughs> she does not have a good life. No. Lives. Lives, yeah. It's pretty shitty, but it's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have her ninth life, where she gets further radicalized and sides with Apocalypse and goes to war with all of humankind. Doesn't she become like one of the four horsemen? Yep. And then I don't I don't remember how she died in that life though. I'm assuming she died in the war. Uh Iron Man. Iron Man definitely yeah, killed her. Of course. And then in her tenth life and her potential last life decides to go to Xavier in like back when he fir- when she originally first met him because one of the powers of x issues opens up with her meeting him but then they cut the conversation short right leaving like, you wondering what was going to happen read my mind charles read my mind so she reveals everything to him of her last nine lives and that's when they decide about the nation and also uniting the all of the mutant kind mm-hmm. under one roof. And we mean every mutant. And we re- mean everybody from Apocalypse to Mr. Sinister. To the Hellfire Club. To the Hellfire Club, to Magneto. Everybody living on one island. Yep. Which then leads us to... Um, the important mutants that this this um, this crossover... Mm-hmm. Or not crossover, but this storyline follows... So we have Cypher, who is a mutant that mm-hmm. is a language specialist, mm-hmm. who's who, like Ian said earlier, trans creates the language and embeds it in everybody's mind so that they can all communicate with the island. Maybe we should learn our own language. Uh, that'd be too much work. <laughs> <laughs> and also important to note, the Hickman actually created the Krakoan alphabet, which. You guys can actually look up, huh. and at the back of each issue, there is a there is a coded message at the back of each issue, and you can go find the alphabet and decipher each uh, each message. Do you ever read how Hickman like came up with this alphabet? No, I did not. I, I, I don't know the first thing how to, how to create one. I I, th- I don't know. I think it would be it would be simple to come up with the alphabet. It's it would be very difficult to come up with how it would be vocalized. Mm. Because I can write pictures and say, oh, that's A. Or this shirt symbolizes C. Mm-hmm. like Kind of like hier- hieroglyphics and everything. But the way to actually speak it would be rather difficult. Um, but Cypher also created four systems to make the island run sufficiently. One is transit and monitor- monitoring. Mm-hmm. One is a defense and a observation system. One is a secondary and external systems. And then the fourth is an overwatch and data analysis, which is all controlled by Sage, Black Tom, Cassidy, Trinary, and Beast. So they are responsible for each system yeah, to make I, everything go smoothly. So pretty much all the smartest mutants in the yes, in the world. Okay. Absolutely. And then we have the even more um, important system here, which basically makes the mutants immortal. Yeah, which we should mention because there was one... Was it House of X 2 or 3? Uh, it might have been 3. Okay, because Charles and Magneto sent their... Sent, like, Cyclops, Jean Grey, uh, Mystique, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Magic, a few others. Yeah. To that basic suicide mission. That ended up hitting me home here. Especially yeah. with the part with 
Nightcrawler and Wolverine because they yeah. end up going to take down the Mother Molds, which yeah. is supposed to be the something ult- to do with the Sentinels, right? It's like the Ultimate Sentinel Minds, yeah. Yeah, but, but I won't go into spoilers with that because I, I definitely think people should be reading this. Yep. But there's five mutants that collectively together revive dead mutants. Um, one of them is called Gold Balls, mm-hmm. which cre- he creates unviable eggs. Then you have Proteus, who makes the eggs viable. You have Elixir, with which, with the preserved DNA of a mutant, which is kept by Professor X, I believe, right? Yeah, because I think uh, what I mentioned was Xavier had used an enhanced Cerebro to basically imprint every mutant's dna yeah within like the what isn't it like he updates it every like 48 hours or something like that something weird like Like that he constantly keeps up with the memories and everything the database it's like more database than imb ibm yeah so with the preserved dna provided by him elixir initiates cellular replication Mm -hmm. so that the mutants have their dna intact and then Eva Bell accelerates their growth using her powers. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, Hope, which I believe is Hope Summers, right? Yeah. I, I think it's his daughter. Don't quote me on that. Because, like, yeah. I, I thought her and I thought him and Jean Grey were together, but in this one, Jean seems a lot younger than he is. Yeah. So she uses her powers to help the others operate at their mm-hmm. peak and in unison, yeah, allowing them to revive any deceased mutants. And... Spoilers, they are all born back naked. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not really a spoiler, but... uh, But she basically allows them to perform at their peak performances Mm -hmm. to when they died. So it's not like they have to learn their powers all over again. Do they have the same memories? I... See, I'm not... I don't remember. Because... They uh, might. Because they're not the real people. They're like clones, right? Yeah, they're technically clones. So I guess you would say no. No, because if Professor X is keep constantly mm-hmm. updating their DNA in their in their memory, they would have to have their memory back. Yeah, but so it's basically what Moira has. Damn. But Moira had it before everybody else so that she could establish the nation. Yeah, but I was thinking like pet cemetery rules. Like if you bring someone I'm back, sure. they're gonna be dead or like what they were before. Yeah, from what it seems like, it's it runs perfectly, which I'm almost certain it's not going to stay that way. Y- yeah, see, I-, I got this. When we could talk about this when we get into our like discussion about yeah. good or bad. I got this odd feeling that um, I don't know. It's like every every Greek or, or tragedy I, like you read or whatever. It's like oh, starts off great, starts off great, and then like the cracks start. Some, something oh, happens. Something, something, always, will something happen. always happens. But that brings us to like. Now that nobody like really dies, they in their they have established their government, which mm-hmm. is called the Quiet Council. Mm-hmm. Has fourteen members and don't doesn't like each table have like four people or something like that. About three to four, yeah. Three to four, and e- each table is like different factions. So you got uh, like the Charles's mutants, uh, the X Men, you know, with Jean, I think Cyclops and uh, yeah. Jean Grey. Then you got. The uh, Brotherhood, then you got the Hellfire Club with Emma Frost mm-hmm. and uh, Robert Sh- Sebastian Shaw. Sorry, Rob- and then another mutant who ends up at the table in it's Marauders. She ends up being on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but altogether, it consists of Xavier, Magneto, Apocalypse, mm-hmm. Mr. Sinister, Exodus, which was one of the mutants I didn't know about, uh, Mystique. Sebastian Shaw, mm-hmm. Emma Frost, Storm, mm-hmm. Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, Cypher, and Krakoa itself is the fourteenth. Yeah. And basically, they they run the government. They they run every everything. Yeah, it kind of seemed like what a Congress would be, except without a president. Yeah, that 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 makes it's a fair. It's a fair uh, fair analogy. And they basically decided that there would be three laws with mutants, mm-hmm. which, again... Sounds like Isaac Asimov's law of uh, robots, three laws. Well, my thing, too, is like... Well, let me let me say the three laws first. Sure. Mutants must make other mutants, so they have to continually keep reviving these mutants and making new ones. But, but by the new way, or like the, the old-fashioned... Uh... The new way. The new way. When a mom and a dad, you would love each other very much. Not that way. Uh, Mutants shall not murder humans. 
And then the land of Kokoa must be respected, which I think should be applied to our world today. We must respect the earth, and we don't. Perhaps you should tell the president that. I should. Um, it's fake news. Yeah. No, no. Well, I mean, I can't even say no political conversation because this, this is a political, political conversation. conversation. Yeah. But what doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. is, like, n- that nothing is stopping, like, mutants from going to other countries and stealing. Because they don't have a rule for stealing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, like, they claim that when... Because then there's the saber-tooth issue that we can discuss. Yeah, because... When they're... one of their mutants is caught, somebody from Krakoa comes and reclaims them to their own country. Yeah. Instead of the country that they commit the crime in, oh. it, serving the the punishment there. Well, that was basically what I can bring up in the argument. It was basically, uh, yeah, like, the whole deal with the, the, like, the UN or whatever, every, like powerful nation was like all right we'll give you these drugs but we need conditions like respect our lands and we have we have immunity in in, in the real world yeah which that was my one issue that's with a little, that whole kind thing. Of bullshit for me yeah exactly because they can basically do what they want except for kill people when they're on other countries soil you, you, you know what saber tooth should have done you should have done that that scene from a luther weapon 2 takes out his id domain community yeah right <laughs> Uh, so that kind of brings us to our debate ones. Do you want to start off our, our first question there? Sure. That you came up with? Sure. So one of the first questions I had was, uh, and it's probably, it will still definitely vary from person to person. Would you take the deal that Charles, Eric, Emma Frost, everyone made to the UN and the rest of the world? Because the deal was we, we have all these wonder drugs. That, you know, you can live longer, no diseases and everything, but you must respect, okay, have us create our own nation, and you basically have to, the way I see it, which basically you have to kiss our ass. That's, that's, how, I put, that's how I put it. See, I, this is a tough question because, mm-hmm. um, if you see a force like that, that mm-hmm. obviously you know they're overpowered, I'm going to get along with them. You're gonna so get along with I them. I would take, I would take that deal. Except you are such a sellout. <laughs> if we have sentinels that will mm-hmm. defend us, I'll be like, nah. You have to, you have to abide by some of our laws too, and then we can recognize you as a nation. I don't think anybody in the actual comic mm-hmm. had that debate of like, okay, we'll take your, we'll recognize you as a mutant nation. However, you still yep. have to apply to some of our laws, but they don't. They don't mention that at all. There was, there was, I think, there was some back, back shady backdoor uh, political BS with. Uh, remember the one scene where Emma came in with his paper saying, "I can take Sabretooth home." Na 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 na. You have to respect that. Then they had the meeting in the UN, and I don't know what exactly they did to the like the Russian diplomat, but Russia abstained from voting, so the UN passed the resolution. Yeah, though I will say, um, for what Sabretooth did, I think he got a worse punishment than death. Yeah, yeah, which we won't. Sp- for that, but, but yeah, because the mutants took them from the Fantastic Four, which mm-hmm. coincidentally planted the seed for an X Men versus Fantastic Four Franklin Richards comic line, which is coming out in February. They they laid down a little conflict between the Fantastic Four and the X Men, which I'm excited to read. I'm putting that on my pull list I like for that. sure. But uh, that's what we talk about. Anyway, yeah. So, so what would you do? I don't know, dude. I I have a problem. I, I got a problem with this deal. Basically, it, it's telling. It, I call it like the fruit from the poisonous tree. Basically, saying we'll give you all these wonderful things, but you you must res- you must respect our sovereignty. While at the same time, we don't necessarily have to respect your sovereignty. See, the problem. I would agree with you, except for the fact that like Professor Xavier and the mutants can annihilate you anyway. Yeah, but because we're at. Don't forget, we're at a time where. The Sentinels haven't been created yet, so the mutants can very easily just say, you know what, we're just going to send out our Omega-level mutants and exterminate everybody. Okay, but, but, here's the thing. Humans have the Avengers, they got S.H.I.E.L.D., they got every other... That's true. Yeah, and, you know, I still think Captain America can kick uh, Cyclops' ass. (laughs) Yeah, but can he, like, kick, like, I don't know, Storm's ass? Or one of those mutants that can, like, level the planet whenever they want. Oh, yeah, he's Captain America. Plus, he's got Thor and speed dial, so Thor's going to come down with his hammer and but go. But don't, don't forget, like, <laughs> Professor Xavier, mm-hmm. an example is in Logan. He 
he released uh, such a huge mind wave that it exterminated like almost the entire mutant population. Well, send a vision. He, he, he's a robot. He's not going to get killed by a mind, by a mind explosion. All right. So if we're in mm-hmm. that world, because mm-hmm. if we're in this world where there's no superheroes and there's just mutants, I'm siding with the mutants. You, sign, you are siding with the mutants. Yeah, because we have nothing now that can destroy them. We're basically slaves, dude. We're basically like servants now. Basically, like, I, I, I got a problem with this. I'm sorry. You know, Eric, if you had read just a little bit of Winston Churchill's words and you were a child, <laughs> the, the never pro- give up, never surrender. The, the biggest problem I do have with this mm-hmm. is their portals are everywhere yeah. and they can just come and go when they please. Yeah. I don't like that. I if, the, if it wasn't for the portals, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, sure, I'll agree with you because we get cures for every mental illness. Mm-hmm. A prolonged life by five years, mm-hmm. and then in a super antibiotic. Yeah. So we benefit super from it. The problem I have with the whole thing is the portals where they can go wherever they want. I it it gives people it, it gives too much power to one particular group. I'm yeah. all about balance of power. This, um, yeah, I I got a problem with this man. I, I think every I think in the real world, well. We can discuss about the real world. Well, but, the real world has its own problems. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, for me, like, no one nation should have a monopoly on the rest of the world. True. But the, I'm always for, like, balance of power, you know, alliances and all that. I just, the, like, if we're in the comic world, but basically, um, Xavier is saying that, well, even Magneto said it once, like, you must respect the word Krakoa, because I am, I am... We are listening they, all the they time. They come off as assholes. The problem I have is, mm-hmm. you reject this deal, you have a war. Basically. If you accept this deal, you may have a war. It just may be like further down the line in time. Yeah, but it's it's preventing that war it, further and further. How, how long can you prevent it, though? It's inevitable, I get it, but it's all about like, alright, is, is this war going to happen in my lifetime? Or my grandchildren's lifetime? Would you rather have the war be in your lifetime so your grandchildren don't have to be affected by this? Oh, see that—that's. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> see, you should take a history class with me, man. We've had some good, good. I could just involved in some good conversations. We could, we could. I don't. I don't know. I just think that if you contend with them right away, mm-hmm. our our side is going to get eliminated real fast because you also have the fact that okay, you have. Thor, which might not get involved because he said, you know, you, he might say, you know what, this is an Earth problem. I don't need to deal with this. I can just go back to Asgard. Mm. Number two, I'm sorry, I love Spider Man, but I think he gets his ass kicked by a couple of X Men easily. No, I think he he's gonna fall. I think Chuck uh, K- K- gonna fall in love with him. He's gonna convince everyone else, like guys, this is, this is a terrible idea. We should not attack. And then of course, like in, in Far From Home, they have oh Captain Marvel's off world, so she can't help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think the only chance you really have is a Fantastic Four, and I mean they're pretty intelligent. Maybe they side with Doctor Doom and help out. Maybe um, well, I think Doom would be like, nope, Laveria will not. I think even, even the comic he said Laveria will not to come to this. I mean, even with them though, there's going to be such a shit ton of casualties anyway. I don't know, like okay, the the idealist, the um, I don't know, the defiance in me is saying is screaming, don't accept this deal. This is a bad. This is bad. This you, you will be in the, their clutches the rest of your lives. There is no way out of this. You're making a deal with the devil. That's true. Either way, either way, there's problems. Yeah, I mean, if you sh- take the deal or not. The way I see it, short-term benefits do not outweigh the long-term consequences. And then you have the whole discussion of like, all right, this country because because they had that issue. This country mm-hmm. takes a deal and this one doesn't. Yeah, so you already got fret. And you have to discuss okay, which superhero belongs to which country, because. A lot of them are all over the place. I mean, most of them are in New York, but... It's always New York. Yeah, because they don't have any more creativity to freaking... We should create a, a comic hero in, in Connecticut. Well, like uh, Tax Man or something. Tax, well, that, that'd, be, that'd, be a ba- that'd be a bad guy. <laughs> Ned Lamont. Um, <laughs> all right, ne- next question. Next question, okay. Because we can go on forever on that one. We, we could. I can get pretty heated. All right. Do you think call hub- call ha- habitation is possible? Cause, well, that kind of ties into this one. Yeah, all right, that's a little weak one. But, you know, again, like, I mean, every comic run with the X-Men, the movies, and, you know, in real life, too. Like, well, is it possible the, to live with each other? In real life, I, in this life, I mm-hmm. think there is. Okay. I mean, just look at, like, um, 
from now since like the 60s when mm-hmm. you had the big race wars over there i mean yeah there's, there's still race problems still. still there's still today. a there's little still a bit but there's not as much as people think there is it's gotten better i think i think there's I think. I think in general we do live a lot better coexistively in the United States because you don't have like you don't have an all all out race war. There's a lot of people that get along. People freaking. I have black friends. Mm-hmm. You have black friends. What what have you? I know gay people. You know gay people. We're friends with gay people. What whatever <laughs> we can. I think our especially our generation. Mm-hmm. I think is very good at it. Um, well, probably I think we're, in we're, this what not world, to do. I think in this world, if we had a better government globally, I think it would be a lot easier and a lot more achievable. Ooh, that should be a question we should... Yeah, definitely should be a question we can maybe ask in a future episode. Uh, tying in with any comic or sci-fi related thing, do you think the world is going to be ready for a worldwide government? I mean, you kind of have... Well, the UN is kind of iffy, but... It's That's the closest thing you're gonna get to a global government now. Now, yeah, maybe like a couple of gen, couple of generations from now, maybe we'll get yeah, something. Yeah, with all the the Middle East and everything, in Russia and all that, it's it's complicated too. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that that might be something we could. Ooh, I could, maybe I could talk about that. One yeah, I was gonna say in episode. a history episode, you could talk about that. Yeah, the evolution of government. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, people are gonna love that one. But your last uh, question. Sorry, last question. I am I am rambling, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. Uh, question three, and this kind of ties into Moira's mutant ability with her reincarnation and seeing okay. the future. Is it good to be able to predict the future? Is it is it good? Can you change the future? Is it something that you should strive towards? Well, that that's kind of like, that begs the question of if the future is written or not. Yeah. Because if it's written, you can't change it no matter what. Well, I mean, with Moira, obviously it's not written, but... Um, well, when I was reading Moira, like Moira's section of the, the story, it, it to me it seemed a lot like the butterfly effect. Like, it, but no matter what you did, it was the end result was the same. I mean, she tries going back to make a cure for mutants. She gets killed. Mutants are dead or extinct. She tries siding with Xavier. Magneto mutants are still extinct. It's like it's like no matter what she did. The end result was almost the same, like this huge catastrophic event yeah, in the future. It's just the order of events are yeah, different. Your order of things. Um so wait, what was the question again? <laughs> Is it a good thing to be able to predict the future? Do you think like um foreseeing future events is a good thing or not? No, because cause I always think about this in like movies mm-hmm. that portray that. It's like all right, maybe that future was decided because you know the future, you mm. know? Like, maybe now that you know the future, you're going to be doing those events that ultimately lead to that future. Meanwhile, if you don't know the future, the future could be a bunch of different things. Yeah. So it, it all depends on how you... I don't... How destiny... I, I hate that destiny word. Destiny is. I hate destiny. Like, I don't like the idea that no matter what you do to try to change your life the end result will be the same it's like then why bother then you might as well just apply through boring i find the way they described her reincarnation abilities in this i think Mm -hmm. was really cool and definitely important and definitely worth it because without her they would have never established their nation true um even though the end result is different she affected different things along the way i like to think of life is not about the end it's about the journey that's a journey, not destination. Because, well, it, well yeah, because the destination is death. No matter what you do in life, you're going to die in, 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 eventually. Not to be morbid, but that's just a fact of life. That's the only promise. Speak for yourself, Eric. I plan to live forever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Doubtful. Little TNG reference, anyone caught that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. That's. I don't think future is written, though. I think you can ultimately change it. But, I mean, we wouldn't know because we don't know the future. <laughs> no. The way I see it, though, is you, I can kind of take that answer by looking at past events. Because I think people have a lot, like I'm going to history geek out here a little for a second. I think a lot of people, uh, when they, you know, when you probably when you went through history class or were, like going to college or high school or whatever, you kind of got the impression that, oh, everything was written in stone and, you know, people who were... Uh, living in the past events, knew how this was going to pan out. Not necessarily. 
I think um, if you approach it this way, that in the past people had had maybe a guess, but like no actually fracking clue about their decisions would cause like um, re like I don't know percussions across the uh, the nation. Like I don't, mm. I don't. I mean, we can talk, we can debate about the art about this, but I, I don't think like the majority of Americans figure that if Abe Lincoln gets elected in eighteen sixty, five years later is going to be then there's going to be a huge civil war within the ending him dead in uh, eighteen sixty five or. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think. I mean, I think it's interesting because mm-hmm. history obviously repeats itself because we don't learn from it. Every even like in our personal lives, yeah. if you notice, if you have a certain problem, mm-hmm. if you can think back, you've probably had that problem before, similar problem, and well, it's happening again because you didn't learn from it. Here's here's the also other theory like people say you don't repeat if you don't learn from history you're going to repeat it. Right. The problem is people usually take the wrong ideas out, the lo- the wrong True. lessons out. I think everything is a cycle. So, you have a problem, you mm-hmm. don't learn from it, the problem happens again. Mm-hmm. If you learn from it, you'll have a new problem. That new problem, if you don't learn from it, recycles again and you get that same problem again. So I think it's just a continuous like cycle of different mm-hmm. problems that you either learn from or you don't learn from. Mm-hmm. And I think they portrayed this perfectly with Moira. Yeah. So, a little philosophy to take with you on your daily journeys. <laughs> hey, comics technically can be considered some philosophy. They got some yeah, heavy themes in I, there. There was a lot of really interesting mm-hmm. um, life lessons in this in this mm-hmm. story. Especially with like government too. Yeah. And it's, uniting under one banner. Which Yeah, which I don't think is gonna happen in our lifetime, but maybe our children's lifetime or our children's children. You never know. Our children's children's children. So um, Those are my big questions, man. Do you have any any questions that you wanted to open up to the audience? I, I'm gonna say that like I think Myra was one of my favorites mm-hmm. in in this. However, there is one I hope they do a bit more with, but it doesn't seem like it so far in the the spinoffs or the continuations. Who's that? The mutant Zorn. Zorn. He's um, he's he was in one of the powers of X, and he had like the a fire head. But it's not fire. I looked him up, and he's a mutant with a mini star, like a miniature star residing in his head. Oh. And he has the powers of gravitational magnetism, self-sustenance, yep. and healing. So he kind of can't die, really. But he Damn. looked really cool looking because it almost looked like Ghost Rider a little bit. Except with more power. Well, I can't say more powers because Ghost Rider is a fucking badass. I was a lot of people of, don't know that, but... I was thinking of Atomic Skull from uh, DC. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I don't I don't know him, but possibly. <laughs> then of course my my all-time favorite from this series was Kate Pride. Kate, yes, Eric and I are currently having a uh worldly fight about um Kate Pride. Well, one of the bit the reasons why is mm-hmm. so Waifu. Yeah, she's wifey. <laughs> but in the Dawn of X relaunch, which is the continuation, mm-hmm. there's the X-Men line, there's Marauders, mm-hmm. Excalibur, X-Force, New Mutants, Fallen Angels, and then in February, it's X-Men versus Fantastic Four. In Marauders, Kate Pride ends up being the, one of the sole focuses, and she ends up basically being a pirate for Krakoa because she can't... For whatever mm-hmm. reason, she can't get through the, the portals. Yeah, I think it's something to do with her phasing ability. Yeah, and she ends up having to be like the middleman between the hell health was it the Hellfire? And Krakoa. Yeah. I think that, that line was we mentioned there were some nations that refused to agree to Xavier yeah. and Eric's demands. One of them was uh Russia, which I don't exactly know which Russia they were going for. I'm assuming it was the Russian Federation. It had a lot of heavy tones of the Soviet Union, which I guess if you whoever you talk to could also be the Russian Federation. But we're not gonna get involved in that right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because I think yeah. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Well, she's basically a smuggler. Yeah, a smuggling pirate for for Krokoa and the Hellfire Corporation. Yeah, for uh, mutants who well, one of her duties was to bring mutants in who couldn't, whose governments refused to accept them into Krokoa. Yeah. So and of course she has Lockheed. She's like yep, the dragon. dragon. Yep. I still want to go back to see when she gets that lock, the dragon, because I don't know. Cool. And who are her, her shipmates? She's got Storm, right? Storm, Iceman, Iceman, Pyro, Pyro, and was it Magic or was it, was it um, Oh no, it was Magic. I it was think magic? Magic's okay. in there. 
And Bishop. Bishop. Bishop ends up joining in. Yeah, and at the end of the first Marauders, they get a really kick-ass boat from uh, Eric Emma Frost. It gets better in it, the second one. It's better? Well, you haven't shown me the second one yet, so i got to read that. <laughs> so that's my favorite of the current line so far, but um, I have the quote of the day, which kind of... Well, this was from Ian, so you can thank him for my... I just wrote it down. Yeah. Do you, do you know who said it? Thomas More, he was a, um, I believe, an English priest and philosopher around the time of the English Civil War in the 1600s. Okay. Yeah, which, um, no, I'm sorry, I'm thinking, sorry, that's Thomas Hobbes. Thomas More was on a, he wrote a book called Utopia. I haven't read it yet. It's on my list. Okay. Uh, what you can tell you more about him? I just, like, I know a few philosophers, but I just don't know every single one. I know, like, John Locke. Gotcha. So, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling on. Yeah, that's uh, okay. Okay. The quote is, For if you suffer your people to be ill-educated and their manners to be corrupted from their infancy, and then punish them for those crimes to which their first education disposed them, what else is to be concluded from this but that you first make thieves and then punish them? Which Ooh. applies to X-Men and it applies to here. Mm-hmm. There, that was a yeah. very accurate quote. I didn't actually like fully have that set in until just now. Um, I'm telling you, man, you gotta read more about these uh, ancient philosophers. You can tell you a lot about real life. Yeah, they predicted the future. Mm-hmm. Past and present. Yeah. <sighs> well, that was Powers of X, House of X. Yep, and Dawn of maybe we'll do a Dawn of X one at some point when they're all finished up. Dawn of X like, would be way cool. Down, way down the road. I will say the one thing, and I I talked to Ian about this before. Um, the one thing I have an issue with the continuation mm-hmm. is you definitely have to get every single line yeah. to fully understand what's going on. Because I missed X-Force one week and went to read uh, Fallen Angels and had something totally spoiled for me. Like, totally spoiled. There was a major, like death that happened was it Superman does Superman did Clark die is Clark okay yes he's dead damn (laughs) no but I didn't I didn't see it coming because I missed X-Force so you kind of do have to like read all of them oh which reminds me the reading order because how did you forget the reading order (laughs) I did forget the reading order (laughs) so if you guys have not read House or Powers of X and still want to Mm -hmm. it's suggested that you read them as they ha- they came out. So I have... House 1. House 1, Powers 1, Powers 2, mm-hmm. House 2, Powers 3, House 3, mm-hmm. House 4, Powers 4, House 5, Powers 5, House 6, Powers 6. Mm-hmm. And this is because, like, something will something will happen, like, in one issue of House. It's brought up in the next issue. And, yeah, that's brought up in the next issue of Powers and vice versa. So it's not like you can read House and then mm-hmm. go back and read Powers all, all together. It, you have to kind of alternate them as they came out. So and if you feel confused, don't worry about it. I When I first read it through, I'm like, well, how, how, does House come first or Powers? And then do I have to keep... Because I, yeah. I got really confused, like, 1-1, one, 2-2. One, two, two. Yeah, it, 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 it does help with the back of the issues they come out with. The, they, mm-hmm. they have a page for the, uh, the when each issue came out. And also, I did forget to mention one of the... I don't want to say iconic, but, like, one of the things that stands out in these is they actually have, like, pages in each issue mm-hmm. that's kind of like a novel almost because yeah. there are paragraphs that describe certain aspects of this new X-Men it's universe. like the background information. Yeah, like, um, one of them was describing what the universal, like, entities were mm-hmm. and the different classes of each civilization. And then you have, like, the explanation of what Mr. Sinister did with his mutating of mutants and so on and so forth. So you're getting not only the story but background in Almost like lore within yeah. the the world that they're trying to to portray. It, it it's a lot, but I we do recommend you uh, read those paragraphs because it will explain a few yes, things like the, it, some of the characters, absolutely, and the future. I am excited for X Men versus Fantastic Four, but that's a little bit always. Uh, I'm excited for um, X Men and uh, Spider Man. Rogue falls in love with Spider Man. Oh jeez. 
I could write some really trash romance novels, people. Yeah. <laughs> I got lots of ideas. <laughs> fan fiction. Write some fan fiction. Um, yeah, I've tried. <laughs> so that is our Powers Powers and House of X. Did you want to release what your history episode is going to be? Sure. So uh, this week I'm going to do my first special history episode. And I'm going to talk about the uh, Russian Revolution. And I chose the Russian Revolution because it was October. And first... we just talked about it, too. Yeah. We just formulated <laughs> October. And... Uh, yeah, and uh, I think I'll mention, because I think a lot of people get, I don't know, a few, you learn about this in school, but there's actually like two revolutions in, in Russia in 1917. You got uh, the February Revolution, which actually topples the, the Tsar, or, you know, Nicholas II, the king, well, basically, mm. basically the king. And then uh, the October Revolution, which brings in, you know, like the communists, Lenin, Stalin, and, and all those guys. Well, that's a generalization. And uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little, I'm, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, because... Uh, I don't know how Eric researches for his uh, his many episodes, but um, I, I spent a lot of time like going over like a lot of books I have about the, the revolution because, and I'll, I'll tell people right now, and I don't know about psychology, but in history, everyone's got a different take. Right, it's it's a lot of different sides. Yeah, and like the the historiography is always changing. So like something you learn maybe our our parents learned like fifty years ago right. that was general truth. Is now well. We found new evidence suggests that's not really the case. So you got to uh, go back and like redo everything. It's kind of like comics, where it's like every certain number of years is like it's, a. It's like retcon. Retcon, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Historical yeah, retcon. Yeah. Your episodes will be good. Oh, thanks, man. It'll definitely be more detailed than mine, but. Oh well, because I'm I'm kind of uh, you know when it comes to this. Yeah, you're a thing. more detailed person than I am. Oh, thanks. Like, like, well, detailed in this, not my life. I'm a little bit of a slob in my life, but uh, we don't need to know about that. So stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you guys for continuing to listen. Thanks, guys. Um, leave us some likes, comments. Keep us going. Mm-hmm. Get us up on those polls. Or yeah. not polls, but the the charts. There Popularity contest, yeah. Um, stay tuned for our weekly updates so you'll find out when our next episode is. And again, thanks, guys. Yep. Bye for now.